here. Go with me to, um, let's see, I think we're going to start with Genesis. Where are we going to start? Genesis, Genesis 37. Genesis 37. We're going to talk about Joseph. Anybody like Joseph? Anybody read his story? His story, I mean, it is compelling. His story will it'll put you in your place. You think you're doing bad. You think you got it bad. You think you've fallen behind. You think that everybody's out to get you. Just go read Joseph. You'll feel a lot better. And uh, so title of my message tonight is Dreams and Distractions. Dreams and distractions. I believe that God gives us dreams. I believe that we are designed and destined to be dreamers. There's nothing wrong with dreaming. Now, I'm not just talking about dreams in your sleep. These are the ones that Joseph dealt with, but I'm just talking about vision for your life. And I believe that God is always putting us in a place where he's trying to show us something that we haven't achieved or haven't done. You know, we talked about faith last week, and we know that it's impossible to please God without faith. And so, you know, I think God is always putting us in a position in our lives um, where he's stretching us and he's showing us something that's ahead, something that we haven't achieved. Anybody agree with me on that? Anybody? God's shown you something that's like, yeah, that's that's not happening right now, but I appreciate <laughs> the dream. I, thanks, God, for making that seem like it's a reality, but it's really... That's, you know, you know what it's like to wake up from a dream and it's like you want to go back to sleep. You want to get back in the dream. And, and I believe that God wants us in those dreams. God doesn't want us to forget the dreams. God doesn't want us to, to, to just push the dreams aside regardless of what comes against the dream. So we're talking about dreams and we're talking about distractions. For me lately... You know, I remember as a kid being able to dream and, and remember dreams and remember them vividly and be able to talk about them. And, and I don't know if this ever happened to y'all. There's been times where I'll have a dream, and it's been as crisp and vivid as possible. But within 10 to 15 seconds, it just it's dissipating. It's like it's vanishing right out from under me, like I'm quickly forgetting details to where... Within a minute after waking up, I'm like, I have no idea. I know I dreamt something, but I have no idea what those details were. And I want to talk about how to avoid the distractions in life. And so here in Genesis chapter 37, we're just going to kind of pick around a little bit with Joseph's life. I'm going to pull out some verses and make some points, and um, we ought to have fun tonight. Amen? We got any dreamers in the house tonight? All right. So Genesis 37, verse 5, it says this. Now, Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers. And uh, you, you might not like the response, and they hated him even more. So they already hated him because of how his dad treated him. His, his dad was super excited about Joseph. I know, you know, as parents, we're not supposed to have favorites, but he breaks this rule right out the gate, and he's like, dude, you're my favorite. And he made it known. All the other brothers knew all, of, all ten of the rest of them said, this one's dad's favorite, and so we don't like you. And so now you got dreams. Think you're funny. Think you, you're all bad. You're already dad's favorite, and now you want to come to us and tell us you got a dream. And he hasn't even told them the dream yet, and it already says, and they hated him even more. Everyone ever been hated for a dream that you've had? Yeah, sometimes we tell people our dreams, and it doesn't quite read the response that we were expecting. So he said to them, 
please hear this dream, which I have dreamed. He's pushing. Like, you know, he's already got the dream, and he already knows the path that it's going to take him down. They already hate him, and he's going to go ahead and communicate the dream anyways. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Uh, Then, behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright, and indeed, your sheaf stood all around and bowed down to mine. And his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Shall you indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him even more for his dream. I mean, we're just, we are just digging ourselves a hole right here. They hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers, said, Look, I have dreamed another dream. I mean, he's just pushing it, man. He's just like, Hey, it gets big, it's better than that. I've got another dream to tell you. This time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. And each one of them quickly does the math and realizes, okay, there's ten of us, and then you include the sun and the moon. You think we as your family are going to bow down to you? I mean, they are quickly interpreting this this dream for him. And he told it to his father and his brothers. His father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I, your brothers, indeed come to bow down? To the earth before you and his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. The first point that I have tonight is dream on, dream on. Well, something we've got to understand is we can never be afraid to dream. You got to understand that the visions in the dreams that God gives you, they are not determined by man's interpretation. <laughs> right? That man's response to the dream or the vision that God has given you uh, never deters God's vision. Uh, God doesn't see that and say, oh, well, that stinks. I needed everybody to agree with you. I needed everybody to get excited about your dream. I needed everybody to want to invest in your dream. I needed everybody to come beside you. You realize that God has never obligated anybody to come alongside the dream he's given you. He spoke to Noah one time and he said, I want you to build me an ark. And he didn't need to get us a, 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 a board. He didn't need to get uh, people to come into agreement with him. He didn't need to get investors uh, in on this thing. God gave him the word, and that's all that God required. And when God's given you a dream, quit trying to make everybody else uh, come alongside it. Quit trying to feel like your dream is unsuccessful until people come and get excited about your dream and get alongside you and say, wow, this is awesome. We want to help out. Where can we invest? What can we do? Sometimes their response, they may hate you more. Sometimes their response, they might get, it might push them away a little bit. But you have to stay true to the vision and to the dream God has given you. God has never required people to come alongside the vision and the dream he's given you. So dream on. Don't be afraid to dream. Don't be afraid to, 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 to focus on the vision and don't get lost in the distractions. Here's Joseph's first opportunity to be distracted from the dream that God's given him. Because you know you're always excited about it. That's easy. That's easy. That's easy to get excited about the financial vision God's given you. That's easy to get excited about uh, uh, the friends that God's going to send you. That's easy to get excited about the promotion that God said is coming to you. That's easy to get excited about the marriage that you've been dreaming about and waiting for, and he's going to bring it to pass. It's easy to get excited, but you don't have to, to get everybody in agreement. And when you focus on their response rather than what God's revealing, 
we become distracted and we lose sight of the dream. We lose sight of the vision. So number one, dream on. God's dreams are not determined by man's interpretation. Genesis chapter 37. Let's go on down a little bit further. His brothers decide to take some more into their hands. They decide to take this thing a little bit further and they say, hey, you know what? We're just going to go ahead and get rid of Joseph. This guy's a thorn in our flesh. This guy is, is getting us in trouble with our father. He's tattling on us. And, and, and dad doesn't give him any responsibility except to come and just, just check up on us. Let's just get rid of the guy. Let's just uh, 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 kill him. And so they decide, you know, what? we're going to kill him. They throw him in a pit. And um, then they even get a little more uh, trickier with it. They say, you know what, let's not kill him. In fact, let's sell him. We can actually make money off this guy. And then we'll just tell our father that wild animals came and killed him. Okay? And so here we are in verse uh, 26. Verse 26. So Judah said to his brothers, what profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. So they're getting a little sensitive here. He, he, he is our brother after all. So let's sell him. We won't kill him. Let's sell him. They, they have a heart. And his brothers listened. Then Midianite traders passed by. The brothers pulled Joseph up, lifted him out of the pit, and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. So what do you do when life starts sending you in the opposite direction of the dream that you just had? <laughs> what do you do when a detour shows up? What do you do when a distraction, a very strong distraction, I mean, if anything's going to move you off of the dream and off of the vision God's given you, it would be being thrown in a pit, people talking about killing you and then selling you into slavery Far, far away from the land where how am I going to rule? I'm actually going the opposite direction of this vision. I'm going in the opposite direction of this dream. You skip on over to Genesis chapter 39 uh, just to give you, uh, get you caught up a little bit for the sake of time. He gets sold into slavery to a guy named Potiphar. And uh, Potiphar decides, uh, hey, I'm going to make you the head of my house. So we're seeing... Uh, we're seeing God move in Joseph's life even in the midst of struggle. Even in the midst of slavery, God is still finding a way. God knows how to promote you, man. God knows how to get you in the right place at the right time. And what seems like a setback is really just a setup. And, and so God is just moving him into position. And so now he's the head of the house, but uh, uh, he, he still has an opportunity for distraction. He still has an opportunity for a distraction, and Potiphar's wife uh, starts getting eyes for him and decides, you know what, I can have whatever I want, and I want you, so I'm going to have you. And so he's, she starts trying to entice him, and here in verse 39, look at his response. He says, there's no one greater in this house than I, nor has he, Potiphar, kept back anything from me but you. Because you are his wife. Now watch his response. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Sin against God. He's not getting distracted. 
in an opportunity where he can seem, you know what, the dream's so far away. How many times are we the ones that give up on the very dream that God's given us? And so number two, number one was dream on. Number two is drive on. Drive on. The worst thing you can do when opposition or adversity shows up in the midst of your dream is give up or give in. It's the worst thing you can do. And look, it's easy to justify at this point. Well, that stuff isn't coming to pass. I mean, at this point, we can already start be, you know, giving up hope on, on the dream even coming to pass. We can start even giving up hope on God even giving. Maybe I really didn't have that dream. Maybe it was as crazy as my brothers were saying. And then you start listening to people's responses instead of focusing on God's revelation. And you start getting moved by their response. And you start, you know what? That was a silly dream. Look at me. I'm the head of this house. I deserve something. I deserve a little something. Right. But what we got to do is in the midst of the dream and waiting for the dream to happen is we have to drive on. Keep driving towards the dream. Paul said, I'm uh, I'm on my goal. I want to apprehend that which Christ apprehended me for. I am always pressing towards the mark. You're pressing because there's something pushing you away and you have to keep pushing towards the dream. The dream doesn't happen by accident. There's no dream that God will ever give you that's just going to take place because, well, he said it, so it's going to happen. Notice how there's the dream that God's given, but now it requires us to walk it out, step out, and continue to push towards. So we've got to dream on. Don't be afraid to dream. And now we've got to drive on. Don't give up. In the midst of adversity, don't give up. In the midst of opposition, don't give up. We've already been thrown in a pit. We've already had people talk about killing us. We've already been sold into slavery. And now here I am. I'm doing a little bit better, but still not doing as well as I need to with the vision that God's given me. But, uh, you know, I've got an opportunity here to be distracted, but I'm going to drive on anyway. Continue to drive on. Continue to drive on. Well, we know that this doesn't bode well for Joseph because... She ends up lying and saying that, uh, you know, he did the deed even though he didn't do the deed. And so Potiphar obviously is going to believe his wife over some slave because he still is a slave. Okay? And so now he's going backwards again. Just when you thought you were going up, now we're going right back down again. And so we've got to avoid the distraction. Look at Genesis chapter 40. Genesis chapter 40, verse 7. Now he's in prison. He's in prison, and he's in a, the prison of the prisons. And it's funny, now he's in prison, and he's made head of the prison. <laughs> Again, God knows how to promote you. See, these are, these are little things in Joseph's life that enable him to keep his trust in his God. God knows how to raise you up even when you've hit the bottom. God knows how to get you where he needs to get you as long as you stay your course. You stay the course. He's driving on. He's made the head of the prison. And now look at here in verse 7. Uh, a couple of Pharaoh's officers have now been thrown in prison with him. And it says, so he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody of his Lord's house saying, why do you look so sad today? Now it seems like a very awkward question to ask somebody who's just been thrown into prison. Right? Why do you look so sad today? But notice Joseph's ability to still care for somebody 
else even when his own stuff isn't showing up. Now watch this. Watch this in verse 8. And they said to him, we each have had a dream and there is no interpreter for it. So Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell them to me, please. Now, here's a strong key, guys. Here's a strong key, and here's where a lot of us mess up. A lot of us are good at driving on. A lot of us are good at persevering. God, I know you're real. God, I know you're true. God, I know you gave me this dream. But here's the big key. Can you help somebody else out with their dream, even when you're still questioning God's dream for your life? (laughs) Can you still say, hey, my God, he interprets dreams. He and he can give me the ability to interpret a dream. Now, obviously, he's not given his track record here because so far his track record wouldn't build a whole lot of confidence in Pharaoh's officers. But he knows on the inside, my God gave me a dream, and I'm still waiting for my dream to come past. But even in the midst of waiting for my dream to come past, I can still help you with your dream. But see, a lot of us, we get so bottled up and we become so narcissistic at this point, and we, be, we start looking so inward at this point that we start just looking out for ourselves when's my dream coming to pass when's my vision god said he would make this happen and so until i get mine i'm not helping you with yours and this is the attitude that will cause you to fail and become distracted while waiting for your dream to come to pass there you will be amazed at how many times god will place you along the path of somebody else that needs exactly what you need You're the one that needs the financial resource, and God says, I need you to go bless that person. You're the one that needs the job, and the manager comes to you and says, hey, I need you to vouch for this person. We're thinking about giving the position to them, and you're thinking, that's the position I wanted. I could really dog them out right now, but I'm still going to bless somebody else because God ultimately is the one that is in charge of blessing me. I'm not going to get my blessing because I stepped on you. I'm going to get my blessing because God raised me up. (laughs) Right? So even in the midst of waiting for your dream, you've got to help others discover the revelation to their dream. You will derail yourself every time if you become bottled up and you only look inward and when's my time, when's my moment, when's my spot. We've got to be able to, number one, keep the faith in God. You realize that Joseph's faith, even in God's ability to interpret dreams, give them revelations for dreams, and cause dreams to come to pass, could be very much hindered at this point to where he can't even help two other men, who, by the way, one of those men ends up becoming his way out. How discouraged could Joseph be right now? I'm in the pit. I'm in the prison. How am I supposed to have any faith? I had a dream, and it hasn't come to pass. I had a dream, and I'm nowhere closer to it. But yet you still keep your trust and your faith in God because your faith in God is what's going to help somebody else get over it. See, sometimes it's just not about us. (laughs) Sometimes it's just not all about us. Say, it's not about me. Amen. So look, let's go down a little bit further. Genesis chapter 40, verse 23. We know that he interprets the dreams. One man, uh, he interprets in three days you're going to die. Another man, he interprets in three days you're going to live. And you're actually going to be replaced or, or placed right back, restored back in the position that you were with Pharaoh. 
And so here in verse 20, or leading up to verse 23, he says, now look, man, when you get out of here, you got to tell Pharaoh about me. You got to let him know what I did. You got to let him know I don't belong here. He actually says, I was, un- I was placed here unjustly. I, I-, I don't even belong here. I- I am- I'm a victim. Verse 23, the chief butler did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. The chief butler forgot. I mean, dude, you have, that's an easy task. That's easy. You just got set free. I'm the one that told you you was getting out in the first place. So you, how do you forget that? How do you forget that someone, uh, you had a crazy dream, first of all. That's a silly dream. And then you come to me and I interpret your silly dream. And I tell you you're going to get out. I give you good news. And you forget. What's wrong with you? And so here he is, and he's stuck here for two more years. Two more years. Aren't you glad that God's dreams are not determined by man's cooperation? Because <laughs> you could be easily thinking, well, that's it, man. That was your way out, and you just you blew it. You lost it. You ain't getting out now. That was your one chance, your one hope that you were going to in prison. What are the chances of one of Pharaoh's officers coming down here, you interpret his dream, and then he gets out, and he's the one guy that can go to the one guy that can get you out. You just blew it. You missed it. How many times? But thank God that God's visions are not up to man's abilities to make it come to pass. If God gave you the dream, then it's his responsibility to cause it to come to pass in your life. And the second you start placing your trust and your hope in man to produce God's dreams for you, you become distracted. We become distracted. Dreams and distractions. What are we going to stay focused on? What are we going to stay, uh, continue to reflect upon? That is God's word. Well, we know in Genesis chapter 41 that Pharaoh ends up having a crazy dream. A lot of crazy dreams going on right here. You got... Sheaves bowing down to sheaves. You got sun, moon, and stars bowing down to people. Now, you know, we've got birds coming and picking food out of, uh, you know, trays on people's heads. And now we've got Pharaoh with his crazy dream. He actually has two crazy dreams. And they both mean the same thing. But Pharaoh doesn't have any wise men, doesn't have any magicians to be able to tell the dream for him. So now this chief butler is able to reflect two years back and say, whoa, wait a minute. I know somebody that can interpret your dream. He interpreted my dream, and he got it spot on. He nailed it, and I was out in three days. And my bad, I forgot to come and tell you about him. Might not even be in this predicament right now. So finally, Joseph gets his moment. Genesis chapter 41, verse 9. Then the chief butler told his dream to Joseph, or I'm sorry, that's verse, that's chapter 40. Let's go to 41. Verse 9, the chief butler spoke to Pharaoh saying, I remember my faults this day. I forgot is what he's saying. I forgot. I forgot about this guy that interpreted my dream. When Pharaoh was angry with his servants, 
and put me in custody of house of the captain of the guard, both me and the chief baker. We each had a dream. In one night, he and I, each of us dreamed according to the interpretation of his own dream. There was a young Hebrew man with us there, a servant of the captain of the guard, and we told him, and he interpreted our dreams for us. Each man he interpreted according to his own dream. And it came to pass just as he interpreted for us. So it happened. He restored me to my office and he hanged him. It came to pass. It came. It was true. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon and he shaved, changed his clothing and came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream and there is no one who can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph responds and says, yeah, I had a dream once too, bro. And I'm still waiting for mine to come to pass. I've given up on this dream business. No, we know that's not what he said. Number three, dream again. You have to keep your faith and your trust in the dream. Again, just as we saw in the prison, how easy it would be for Joseph at this point to say, forget this dream stuff, man. It doesn't work. It doesn't happen. I've been interpreting dreams, and, and God's given me a dream, and look at where I'm at. How many times is God going to place us along the path of somebody else to do the very thing that we're still waiting to see happen in our lives? But, man, we've got to keep our faith and keep our trust. Number three is dream again. Because if God gives a dream, he's able to fulfill it. Look here in verse uh, 16. So Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. You know what he's doing here? Joseph is actually speaking by faith. And he's saying, God will give you the answer to your dream. And I know that God will give me the answer to my dream. Maybe he realizes, maybe he doesn't at this point recognize this is the very thing that's going to catapult me into the answer I've been waiting for. This is the very moment I'm standing before the man that can put me in that position that I had that dream of 13 years ago. 13 years have gone by. Your dreams have long life if you'll give it to them. A lot of us cut our dreams short. But dreams can live on. Dreams will have as much life as you give to them. Thirteen years is nothing to a dream from God. Thirteen years is nothing. Twenty-five years is nothing to a word spoken to a man in his 70s. It said, you will be the father of many nations. God knows how to make these things come to pass. God knows how to bring the dream and the vision to pass in your life if you're willing to dream on, if you're willing to drive on, and if you're willing to dream again. If we're willing to keep our faith and trust in God, that dream will stay alive. Dreams don't die out when they're from God. Guys, it doesn't matter how long it's been. It doesn't matter what all you've gone through. It doesn't matter what kind of adversity and opposition has showed up. I mean, you, you can pretty much bet on it. You can pretty much count on it that if God's given you a dream, opposition's going to show up. If God's given you a vision, something's going to come up that's going to say, nope, can't happen, not possible. They'll laugh at you. They'll mock you. 
They'll even hate you. But you have to keep the dream alive. You keep the dream alive. You keep the dream alive. Guys, tonight it's that simple. It's that simple. We've got to dream on. You know, there might be some of you in this room, you might just be afraid to dream. Afraid to dream. Afraid to picture what could be. Afraid to picture what, you know, sometimes we just get comfortable. Sometimes we just get comfortable and just say, you know what, I like it where I'm at. I don't need to dream of something bigger and better. Uh, This is where I'm at. This is where I want to be. But God, just like we talked last week, don't play it safe. God doesn't just want you to have it. He needs you to have it. God doesn't just, I'm going through something right now that I'm recognizing God doesn't just want me to have that. God needs me to have that. And so I've got to step out of the boat. I've got to get my dreamer back on. I've got to dream again. And I've got to discover that it's in the dream that God's purpose comes to pass in my life. You realize that God isn't afraid to dream? Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us that he knows the thoughts and the intentions and the plans. And guys, listen, he has those thoughts and intentions and plans for your life, whether you ever walk them out or not. He's not afraid of his dream failing. He's still going to dream it. (laughs) And you and I are created in his image. You and I have the nature of God. You and I have the same dreaming ability inside of us that I don't care if this thing fails. I don't care if I fall flat on my face. I don't care if the opposition or adversity shows up. I mean, you got to think. The the, the will and the intent that God had for mankind back in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Man will have authority. And we get three chapters into the book, and we've already lost that. I mean, if you want to talk to anybody about dreams that don't seem to be coming to pass, talk to God. (laughs) He knows all about it. He knows what you're feeling. He knows what you're going through. He knows what it's like to have somebody step up and say, oh, that's your dream? I'm going to make sure it doesn't come to pass. I'm going to make sure it doesn't happen. I'm going to tell you right now that the dreams that God has given you, they are for your purpose and for your destiny. We could go on with Joseph, but I just have this last thing in closing. Joseph's dream wasn't for him. It was to save a nation. Your dream is bigger than you. Your dream is bigger than you. Chase, if you go ahead and come up, your dream is bigger than you. It's about who you're going to influence. It's about what you're going to affect. It's about what you're going to produce for the kingdom. It's about what God wants to do through you, not just in you. God's wanting to do things through us. God's wanting to put you in positions. He's given you a dream because there are people beyond that. See, 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 see people bowing down to Joseph wasn't a sign of I'm in charge. It was a sign that God placed a man in a position where he could make a decision that would change an entire nation. If he's not in a position of authority, he doesn't get to tell Pharaoh, now here's what you need to do. You need to stock up for seven years while it's good because we're going to need all that that's stocked up for the seven bad years. He doesn't get to make that decision. God didn't want to place him in charge because he wanted to puff him up and make him prideful like his brothers thought. His brothers quickly found out in the coming chapters that God needed him in that position to save them. They needed to bow down to Joseph because they weren't just bowing down to Joseph, but they were bowing down to God inside of Joseph that had the plan to save his entire family.
So tonight, what have we been holding back? What have we given up on the dream? What, what have we quit on the dream? What have we become distracted from? What have we become distracted with? Is it people's responses? Is it the struggle of the adversity and the opposition that doesn't want your dream to come to pass? Is it the lack of things lining up in life? You're thinking that was my one moment where the dream could come to pass. That was the loan that I needed. That was the house that I needed. That was the marriage or the mortgage that I needed. That was the car that I needed. That was the home that I needed. What is it that you've become distracted with and allow God to reverse the dream within you again? Some of us have given up on dreaming because it's been such and such long. Or I've been through such and such. Or so and so said. But guys, it's time to put the dream back in God's hands. It's time to put the dream back in the one who gave you the dream. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight that you've given us dreams. You've given us visions. You've given us purpose and destiny. And tonight, Father, we place our hope, our faith, and trust back in the dream once again. Father, forgive us for walking away. Forgive us for becoming distracted. Forgive us for laying the dream aside. But we want to be like Joseph. We want to dream on. We want to drive on. And we want to dream again. Father, we thank you that you will place people along our path. You will put us in position to be a blessing to someone else because you're testing us. You're seeing, do they really have the mentality? Do they really have the ability to see beyond themselves? Can they bless somebody else when they're still waiting for the blessing themselves? And Father, when it's all said and done, we'll give you all the glory. We'll give you all the praise. We'll give you all the honor. Just as Joseph said, is it not God who gives the ability to interpret dreams? Father, we trust and hope in you. We will follow you. We thank you that we will dream again. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.